Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn and Coffee. This is a special episode. Mm-hmm. One, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy everybody. Thanksgiving. Uh, to my right, right in front of me, Jay, how are you? Good. Fantastic. Colin on the desk, how are you doing, my good friend? Doing all right. This one's a little bit different. We're going to harken back to something we did in just the audio version of this podcast and do an agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, that being said, it may look a little bit different. It's not going to be like our normal episode. We don't have any news for this week. Um, and Colin is not going to have any video. He's still present, but uh, this is just between two of us. Yeah. Yep. yep. I wanted to kind of hit on a couple things that I've heard you say okay. in previous 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 episodes okay yeah uh we stopped doing agree to disagree because we realized there were fewer and fewer movies that we actually once we got through the tim burton catalog there was nothing else to talk about uh but you had made a few comments in other episodes that i thought were really interesting and were worthy of an agree to disagree because it's at least uh content right to talk about and with that being said, we'll go ahead and unveil. Colin's even got a timer on, so we have to jump right into it. The first, um, or, you know, let's cut that out, but the agree to disagree today is going to be the necessity of pure flicks content. That's what we're discussing right now. Right. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just state yourself kind of the premise that you used. Again, you, you made a vague comment before, Yeah. but just kind of break it down a little bit. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, I just want to begin by saying that I believe I would believe that Christians should be in the film industry. I would think that we need Christians to make good movies and different genres, both that are based around believers and just about life in general. The point is we need good movies without language and sexual content. However, as believers, we need to be more careful, not just accept every movie that has the word faith based or Christian in it. Just because it says that does not make it a Christian film. Um. Just because it doesn't have sexual content and language does not mean it's Christian. Uh, I believe there can be as just as many dangers as allowing our kids to watch movies that have poor theology in it, false doctrines, and lies about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and even past brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so when I made the statement Pure Flix was unnecessary, what I meant by that is that bad and poorly made movies are unnecessary. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm not saying every movie on Pure Flix is bad and poorly made, but I would argue to say that Netflix has become unnecessary because they have not been putting out good content. I'm not talking now. All the content on Netflix is not Netflix's movies. Correct. All the content on Pure Flix is not Pure Flix's films. Correct. So what I'm saying is, is that movies that are poorly made as a Christian, as a believer, uh, we live in a world that. So your main issue is more with the theology behind these movies than it is clean but, movies. Well, mostly the theology and just the fact that there are some films that Pure Flix is making that are just not good. Like, okay. as well. Okay. Just like there are movies that are not, like in the Hollywood that are not good, that yeah. I think are unnecessary. Because I would argue that for most of them if you're looking at it from a theological standpoint, are fairly shallow anyway. Like, they're not deep Bible movies. It's just... And that's what I guess I don't understand. Well, so... But they have some theology in them. 
most a lot of the Christian films have a theology yeah. that they're there's a Christian they're, pastor, they're trying there's Christian people in right there. they're trying to use they they use the Bible they quote scripture and stuff in it and stuff I'm saying when we're having poor theology on those that can be just as dangerous as a movie like just as dangerous as anything else in films okay uh so yeah yeah my my the unnecess the unnecessary it I being mean, unnecessary is they need to be good films as believers, as Christians. I think if we're going to do something, we need to do it right. We need to do it good. If we're going to make a movie. So yeah, go out. You have anything to say on that before we, well, I mean, I think again, when I'm looking at the necessity of pure flicks and I'm arguing, obviously a pro pure flicks uh, stance, that doesn't mean that I completely agree with everything that pure flicks is doing or the content they're in. But I do think there is a place for a substitution of worldly content, especially geared towards children. If you're raising your kids and you care about the theology that they're being taught, you're the one who's, um, what's the word, filtering that. Right. I would say if you're letting your kid watch a, a, a movie that is bad theology, it's just as bad as letting them watch Stranger Things at six. Right. But it's on the parent to right. to make sure that that's not bad. But that doesn't right. mean that Pure Flix doesn't have a place to exist. You still should be vetting that just as much as you should be vetting Netflix. Right. But there is a lot of, especially kids content, where I would agree more with, if it's clean and it's just a story about forgiveness and not the Trinity, then it's, it's a oh, fine film. Okay. You know, yeah. whether it's... Yeah made with a high budget or a low budget because you're also arguing that they're just crap films i.e the acting's bad it's got a poor budget the cinematography's mm -hmm. middling at best right but they're made on on a lower budget and they're just trying to put out content that is clean i mean their mission statement is to select media that strengthens your faith and values is wholesome and suitable for the entire family and stream seamlessly on any device they just want to inspire people mm -hmm. So they're not claiming one theology, even. So, I mean, you and I differ on, on certain theologies. Right. You know, different. I mean, our theology is the same, but on specific things within Scripture, we may have disagreements on. So you're going to see that in films as well, because if, say, the director aligns more with your theology, you're going to see more things that align with your right. thing. And then vice versa with mine. So, I mean, the platform isn't even specific to one specific theology on that. No, I, and I didn't say it was, but I'm just, we don't, a lot of the directors and stuff that they get for these films that they're making and a lot of the actors, they're not necessarily Christians. They might claim to be, or they may just be in the film industry because they can't make it in other, because I looked, so my point is, what I, was I would disagree with that point because, I mean, their goal, even by their own mission statement, isn't just to put Christian content on their site. It's wholesome content. If it's clean, it can be wholesome, hence okay for children to watch. Right. You can find Rudy on there. That's not a Christian movie. Right. Nor is it an accurate movie. Right. But it can still classify as a wholesome movie because it per it is developing wholesome thoughts. Right, but you they know, didn't. They didn't make Rudy inclusive. No, they didn't. 
That's but, what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. This, there, this, a lot of the films and stuff that they're making, there was a movie I saw in there. Uh, it was called like Missionaire or something like that. It was about these missionaries and stuff like that. Terrible movie. Just not, I'm not, even, not talking theology. I'm just saying it was a bad movie. Just the acting was terrible. The story was terrible. It's like, okay, why were you making this? Like, what was the purpose of you making this? And the actors in it, I was looking up some of them. They're like almost like D-list Hollywood actors that couldn't make it in Hollywood and then decided, well, we can't make it in Hollywood. So, oh, let's just go over to the Christian film industry and come over here and try to make it. And it's like, well, I mean, an actor needs to work just as much as a chef needs to work. Just because I can't work in the five star restaurant as a chef doesn't mean I'm not going to go get a gig at a local, you know, mom and pop owned place. If I'm a, if I'm a chef, I get I it. To work. I get it. But if you're a bad chef, even in a mom and pop place, you were what you're going to get fired, right? They're not going to. If you're not a good chef at the mom and pop place, you're not going to get to work. So if you're not a good actor, why are you? Why are okay, they? My question is subjective. My food, you can be like, okay, this is bad food. Acting is completely subjective. Uh, maybe for like the, some of the A tier list ones, we can have disagreements on. But you can watch a low budget film and be like, that's bad acting. I could watch a blockbuster film and say that's bad acting. Oh, I understand that. But I'm saying, I'm saying though, you look at some of these films like in Pure Flix and stuff. It's like, okay, they they couldn't make it in Hollywood. So then Pure Flix is like, hey, come over here. We'll pay you less money because you're not a good actor. Okay. They have less money. Right. I get that. They can't afford it. Right. But. We'll pay you less money because you're not a good actor, and then we'll let you come and act in our films, but and then just make crap films. You get you get like you look at like uh, the church and what's the the Kendrick brothers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would I would argue to say that a lot of their acting isn't probably top notch, but at least their stories are good. At least they're they have good they they have good. Uh, scripts and stuff for their film so their movies are good even though some of the acting in it's kind of like eh, whatever i'm arguing that pure flicks is probably more on the less side of having decent scripts and bad acting and then you're just making you're putting out garbage content they're also being a stepping stone for people who you know just as much as they may be accepting people who can't act in a blockbuster movie i'm sure at the same time they're accepting people who are just trying to start out if I'm a guy who's only made two scripts ever, they're probably not going to be the best scripts in the world. You know what I mean? If you're learning how to do a job, yeah. it's a stepping stone to better just as much as it may be a stepping stone from better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a place for people to go to do what they love and do what they just because it's not good, which is also a subjective term, doesn't make it unnecessary or useless. That's my argument. I would agree with you. I I'm, think the acting in almost all of those Pure Flix movies is bad. I would also agree with you that the Kendrick brothers are doing something completely different and it is better. I would love to see Pure Flix, instead of making 70 projects a year, make 10 projects a year, combine that money and make just 10 better projects than to spread it out and make a bunch of stuff and it's all subpar. I would agree with you in that. But that doesn't, to me, mean even if what they're doing is what they're doing, that it is unnecessary to do. I mean, the secular world is making B-tier bad act in movies as well with actors that also couldn't make it big 
or are trying to make it in the industry and they got to start somewhere because not everybody's going to get the leading role in a Star Wars film day one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think both have a place. You, I, you would not agree. You would not disagree with me, would you, that a secular B tier movie is completely unnecessary? Would you? If it's a bad movie, then yeah. I'm not going to, like, if it's just a garbage movie and they. People this- have to work. Okay, I understand that, but we don't need. We have so much content coming out at us from every angle. There's like way more content than we've ever had in the history of the human race. Okay. And now you're throwing garbage at me that we're going to watch. And I'm talking this from a Christian perspective. You're throwing trash at me that's just not good, not good acting, not good story. But yet I'm still going to watch it and there's no thought behind it. There's no, it's not, it's not challenging me. It's not, it's not making me look at anything. It's just a garbage movie. We have no, there's no, there's. I just disagree with you. Just because it's, just because it's a low budget subpar movie doesn't make it garbage. Doesn't make it trash. Somebody is enjoying it. Subjectively, you are not. That's what I'm saying. I'm arguing for the necessity of it because if Pure Flix isn't making the content that they're making and we do live in such a, uh, a media-driven, entertainment-driven world that we live in, which we can't get away from. Like, that's the reality of the society that we live in. So if Pure Flix isn't making the stuff that they're making, then these people either, these families, uh, Christian families, don't have this as an option. So what are they to do? then their kids aren't watching anything or they're watching the secular, really bad stuff. That's my argument. The necessity of it is in that they are providing for something that as a society, we all deem as important. Whether you and I personally deem it all as as that important. Big culture does. This is what drives right. the world that we live in. And it's a global thing now. It's not even just an American thing now. Mm-hmm. Movies are made to see globally and everybody's going to it. My point is the necessity of Pure Flix is to fill the gap and give parents an option and a substitute. Whether it's good or not, it's better to me. Here's the thing. Do you remember Focus on the Family or Feature Films for Family? Yeah. Those movies? Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. Uh, I, I remember say, back I in the day, same. I would no. I would say a lot of those were actually better. They had better stories. The acting, okay. You're always gonna have. There's, you said acting subjective. Whatever, that's fine. Again, from my blockbuster to a movie that cost a dollar. Those Charlie's there, and I don't remember what whatever <laughs> made a dollar, not cost a dollar, made a dollar. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, those movies had better stories than a lot of the pure flick stuff that's coming out. They had a better. Uh, what what do you call that? Um, script. Okay. I don't than, disagree with you. Then a lot of the pure flick yeah. stuff that we're getting today. I don't disagree with you. And none of those. I don't disagree with you that the content isn't great. I disagree with you on the fact that you think it's unnecessary, and I don't. I think I think a place for it. I think all bad content's unnecessary. So. But again, who's to determine what's bad? I could look at. I think Jurassic World is bad. Bad. A lot. Actually, probably 99% of the public would agree with you on that. But it made a billion dollars. Because when it came out, people were going to go see it. 
does that make it unnecessary? Do you think? Or did those people get to work? Did did those people get to? That's what I'm saying with the pure flick stuff. Should it have been made? No, I know I I walked myself into the corner with the Jurassic World stuff because Jurassic Park is a far superior film, and and all of that. But I don't think that is nece- necessarily unnecessary. Here's the thing: Pure Flix is a streaming platform, just like Netflix is a streaming platform. Okay, correct. Production company, studio. Yeah, they stream stuff. They have a ton of stuff on there that is good that is not made by them. Okay? I argue they make some good stuff. Name five. <laughs> Woodlawn, The Case for Christ, Indivisible. Are those just on there or did Pure Flix actually produce those? Pure Flix produced all of those movies. Woodlawn? Yes. They made $14 million at the box office. It's a Pure okay. Flix movie. Well, okay. You proved me wrong on that one. That's what I'm saying. There's a place for it. So then if you what? took Pure Flix so- away, a God's Not Dead was a really well-received Christian movie. Yeah. I have my issues with it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it. And I would even argue that a lot of Pure Flix content that I do disagree with is more in how it's written. And some of these frame Christianity to be more of a fairy tale than a reality. I would agree that they have poor portrayals of worldly people, especially atheists. I get it. A movie needs a, a protagonist and an antagonist. And so if you're a Christian, your antagonist is is Satan and people who are apart from God. So that's typically the atheist. But I think especially God's Not Dead, and I wrote an article about it years ago, mm-hmm. I think it was a very poor portrayal of the world and atheists specifically. I don't disagree with any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I don't. Unplanned is a pure flicks produced movie. I don't think that the platform and the studio and what they do is un necessary that's my point final thoughts i kind of just made mine so yeah i i mean it, yeah like i mean like i said it when i said it's, it's unnecessary i meant it by just having bad and poorly made films is unnecessary okay i'm fine with there being a pure flix platform so if, if you're gonna do it and you're calling yourself a christian do it better it's like us on this podcast we're Christians. We want to do this the best that we can. We don't want to put out garbage content. Try. <laughs> I would argue some right. argues, right. some episodes are more garbage. Oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Does that make us uh, unnecessary? I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. Let's see what- <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Uh, yes, I think what we're doing here is probably unnecessary. I digress. No. <laughs> uh, we're gonna convince ourselves to stop doing this. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I I think there is a place for certain Christian films, but I think it's just, it's got to be done better. You can't just do it with a lack of the way that some of the films come across. There's just no, it's mind numbing. There's nothing there. There's no meat to it. And going back to your fairy tale point of how they portray like this Christian fairy tale life and stuff. That's a big issue. I would say that's kind of a, I don't want to say theological. That's not really a theological issue, but yeah. I, it's, it's, it is an issue in the Christian film industry because we don't want to, it's not a fairy tale. Our lives aren't fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And even, I would say even the, uh, the Kendrick brothers have done that with some of their movies it's and a stuff. Difficult, that's a fine line to walk. Cause I get that the movie has to end mm-hmm. and all your Christian movies can't end with like, 
But tomorrow's going to be another struggle. Like, it has to end on a happy note to some extent. And that's, like, the balance that I find difficult. Like you said, and I'm glad you said the Kendrick Brothers movies do the same type of thing. But how do you walk the line of not painting it to be as soon as you accept Jesus, all your problems go away? Right. You know? Yeah. But I would I would agree with that, that some of them are like a little bit more white whitewashed than others. Yeah. With just the fake version mm-hmm. of what Christianity is. But at the same time, and I only want to bring this up because I did the research on it. So I was going through the Pure Flix catalog and they've got some old stuff on there. I didn't realize. Yeah, they do have a lot of. There's a movie, just these like B-class old movies the creature from Ten Thousand leagues mm-hmm. which seems like a Ten Thousand leagues under the sea ripoff but it came out in 1955 yeah i think that's awesome that that's yeah. on this platform and it's literally a radioactive rock at the bottom of the ocean causes a sea creature to mutate into a horrible horrible amphibious monster yeah so it's a sci-fi movie yeah and then another one it's called the terror that came out in 1963 a ghostly apparition of a woman is seen by an 18th century french lieutenant after two failed attempts to keep up with her, he heads to the castle of Baron, where he notices a painting of the Baron's late wife, who is the ghost. That was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and mm-hmm. stars Jack Nicholson. Yeah, in 1963, and it's yeah. on Pure Flix. Yeah, because so it's not just. There's a lot of space for like, okay, we deem this appropriate for your family. Yeah, watch this. We support this, and I think that's that's what I like about it. I mean, yeah, I don't mind the con like that right there and stuff because I saw I was on there and I saw they had a bunch of Three Stooges shorts. They had some Abbott and Costello routines and stuff on there. <coughs> it's just the, yeah, I don't know. Just- yeah. So, with that being said, uh, we what do you guys think? Where do you guys fall on this stuff? Is it necessary? Is it not 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 necessary? I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes you could go down that I know I think we both try to our yeah. very best to stay out of in this discussion. So even in the con, con, comments, if you guys go down the rabbit hole, we may not respond to those kind of things. <laughs> but uh, but I thought that went pretty well. Yeah. That was fun. Thank Let you. us know what you thought. <laughs> Let friends. us know what you thought. Still friends. Comment on it. Always. And we're not canceling the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so for another discussion, and you made this comment, I found it very interesting. And... Uh, I just wanted to dive into it a little bit more. You had made a comment that, again, correct me if I'm wrong, discerning Bible movies and uh, whether they are pro- appropriate to be made at all. Mm-hmm. So Bible movies as in stories from the Bible. Right. Okay. Go ahead yeah. and, and expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So I just think that when we're when making Bible films and stuff, you have to be very careful with one making it scripturally accurate mm-hmm. um i think that if you don't that if you add anything to those films whether it be from the old or new testament that would be like adding to scripture or if you don't add something if you take something away from it then you're taking away from the scriptures that's how i look at that um can you give me an example of that like like but what do you mean by by take away from scripture so are you implying that like, and I don't want to give you an example because I wanted you mm-hmm. to kind of give an example. So if it says so, he got on his knees and in the movie he didn't, that's taking away from scripture. If you're, yeah, if you're writing a story, that's, if you're trying to take, let's say, let's say like, let's take Daniel. Okay. For instance. Okay. Since you said he got on his knees, Daniel prayed. And <laughs> Daniel was praying and stuff. Uh, like if they took any of that 
I'm not saying that they would have to have every scene in the story that Daniel prayed in, but if like if you took it away out of any scene out that you're like, oh, he didn't pray at all, and they just came and arrested him, or didn't like at least expound on that, like say like, hey, he was praying and we arrested him, stuff like that. I would say that would be taking away. So like you're you're writing the you're you're filming the movie and you don't mention the fact that Daniel got arrested because he was praying or you don't. Okay, the, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you. But that's changing it. Right, that's taking away from scripture. Changing it. Yeah, that's taking away from the scriptures. You're not adding. You're not putting what the scriptures no, I mean, but say. What you just did was change scripture by saying like, okay, they took out the fact that he got arrested because he prayed. But not just removed it, also said that's not why he got arrested. Right, so that would be taking away from Scripture, right? And changing it, yes. Right. Not just taking the scene out, but giving a different explanation as to why he was arrested. Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just clear. Because the Scripture said you're not add or take away from the— Correct. Right, so that would be taking away. Okay. Yeah. Um, Adding to. Huh? Give me an example of adding to. Adding to, I think, would be anything that... Uh, adding to scripture would be anything that's like you're... Something that happened to somebody... A character in the Bible that didn't happen. Or that we don't know happened, but yet you're saying it happened... I think then that you are running into the issue. Even I and I understand if it's not said there, we don't know. I didn't say anything. No, I no, I understand. <laughs> I've had I've had conversations <laughs> with people where it's like, well, we don't know what they said. Correct. Like, I get that. There's gaps. There, right? It doesn't say ever like what they had for breakfast or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about that, but I think certain conversations and stuff you could run into issues as adding to stuff that they said that we don't know they said. Like. Not, so are you specifically talking about adding things that they said that they didn't say in as much as theology or just in general? Like a guy said hello to another guy. No, I'm one theology and two, I think even the way that they may have acted that we don't know how they acted. So like it, we don't know. We don't know Daniel. We kind of know Daniel's That's pers- a very good point, though, that you bring up. I don't mean to cut you. Like, we don't know. We don't. I know. We know a little bit about Daniel's personality. The scriptures Mm -hmm. show that for us clearly. Um, But we don't know, like, maybe how he joked around or something like that. And so you're saying, like, maybe he. But he was a human being. Right. Daniel was. Right. So you're saying it's wrong to assume a specific personality trait when we don't know that he had that personality trait i think it could be an issue that's my personal feelings on that yeah uh and i think that also talking about past brothers and sisters in christ and stuff in a way that we don't know things about them you're saying that they were acted a certain way or did certain things that are not in the scriptures is bearing a false witness to past brothers and sisters in the lord you you talking about people from the bible yes yes yeah okay yeah okay and then my other argument for it would be in the New Testament, looking at um, portraying Christ and stuff in certain ways. Uh, I would look at that as a violation of the Second Commandment for having a false image 
So in Exodus 20, 40, you shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. And there's other scriptures that talk about that. Leviticus 26, 1, Acts 17, 29, Isaiah 42, 8. They all talk about not having false idols and or false uh, images of things in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you make a movie about Christ and you have him depicted in it, I think that we don't know what Christ looked like okay, physically. So that's a... Is it safe to assume we can, we can kind of guess what he looked like historically? I don't think so. Not. Is it safe to assume that Jesus wasn't white? Right. He was in the Middle East. We know he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that all? Did you have any other points? Yeah. If you have, if you have something well, you want to, yeah. If you have, I just want to frame my argument because yeah. this is something more so than the, the pure flick stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is something I disagree with. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, movies uh, we to me you have to define kind of what a movie is mm-hmm. what's the purpose of a movie it's an art form right it's an art form like music is it's an art form like a painting is it's an art form like a story or a book is mm-hmm. these are all art forms that i do believe came from god god has blessed us with how to paint mm-hmm. how to create the creator of the universe created us in a way with imaginations to create mm-hmm. that's that's made right. in the image of god right to me. so we are made to make you know movies is just a, an expression of that mm-hmm. now being human beings we tend to break everything that god gives us <laughs> he gives us a beautiful glass and we break it because we're humans and that's what we do we sin um so that's kind of the premise that i'm coming from with what movies are and the role that they play in our lives. A movie is an incredible opportunity to see visually in a way that we couldn't. You know, like Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Abraham Lincoln. I don't know Abraham Lincoln. I could read a book about him. But to see it vividly in front of me, portrayed in a way where I can like, man. And then not only that, you have an actor on the other side who is acting and giving us an expression you know, he did the research to whatever degree, okay? Mm-hmm. Most movies aren't historically accurate. Almost all, if you want to see something historically accurate, watch a documentary more often than not. <laughs> Those are the right. ones that do the research. But it is an expression of, okay, I feel like I can relate to this man. I feel like I can, I know him because of what movies give us, you know? Right. It's about the emotion in right. that. That's what movies are to me, mm-hmm. you know? So... That being said, I don't see it as, you know, I don't hold a guy who plays Jesus in a movie. I don't hold him to the same standard that you are saying, well, he's imitating Jesus inappropriately to the point that it's heresy. I I just don't look at it that way. But you don't you don't think that's a would be considered as a likeness of Christ that's false? I think he's trying in a way to express who Christ is to us so we can have a vivid vivid image of that to help us better clarify what we're seeing in the scripture. The one thing I want to hit on that I really uh, thought was interesting is your comments on uh, tone. We don't know that he said that that way. 
Okay. That was, mm-hmm. that was a comment that you made. When you're reading scripture, you don't know how he said what he said, unless it explicitly tells you how he said it. Right. Not all, not all scriptures do. Some do. He exclaimed, he yelled at the Pharisees or whatever to use that example. Well, no, we know that. Sometimes. Not all the time. Right. So when you're reading it, you're implying the tone. You're reading the tone into the story. Well, when did I when did I say when did I say what are you talking about tone? Like when did I say that? I was talking about like the way that they joke and stuff, like how that's, they act. That's that's the same thing. Not talking me. not aside from what's in the scriptures. I yeah. didn't mean like what was already written, what mm-hmm. we can see in writing. I'm talking about outside of that, like how the personality was. Yeah, and I don't think adding that to Simon in an attempt to make this character more rounded so we know more about his life the bible gives us very few details about people Mm -hmm. most people very few details i just don't see that as being wrong that you say okay well he had a wife and he had a son okay and that gives us something to latch on to to be like man i can relate to this guy now you know what i mean that's what i see Mm -hmm. and if it's not in there and it's not detracting from the gospel of what the bible is is i don't see that as wrong i just don't you know to me it's a heart matter and it's not a straightforward uh and it's not even about theology to me because you and i agree on who jesus is right so if they're doing that wrong they're doing that wrong you know what i mean if they're adding things in it's wrong it's just wrong right People have been telling stories about Jesus that have been wrong for centuries. I don't sit, but to say, I don't want to throw away the good with the bad. Yeah, but we don't want, we don't want to make films about Christ. People who are Christians, I'm talking people who are Christians making films about Christ. I think that's who you'd want to make films about. That is who you would want to make them if you're going to make them. But the problem is, is who, what people that are Christians are making films about Christ. Not not enough. That's what I, I would 100% agree with you. Unfortunately, we have the secular world making movies about Christ because they know it sells. And we've got we've got shows like The Chosen out right now that have got, you've got a cat written by a Catholic or is directed by a Catholic. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got Mormons that are working on the show. Mm-hmm. And in the season three trailer of the show that I watched the other day, uh, Jesus quotes from the Book of Mormon in the trailer. Okay. Is there an issue with that, do you think? Okay, to me, this is an issue of conscience, not an issue of theology. Okay, because I disagree with those things and those elements in those movies. And yes, I'm super saddened by the fact that it's a Catholic and a Mormon making those and not the Kendrick brothers. Really, truly, that makes me sad. But there are still truths in that show that a lot of Christians can grab a hold of and take and glean from. There's also a lot of truth. There's also a lot of stuff in that show that non-believers who are watching it, they're doing that anyway. I understand that, but what we have here is we've got non-believers watching the show, okay, and it's being portrayed as Christian because it's got Jesus and whatever. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you've got non-believers watching the show, and they're seeing Jesus say stuff that he didn't say. Okay, then there's an issue because then these non-believers, then let's say they do become Christians. Or if they don't, let's just say either way, whether they become them or not, they're going to then have this idea that, oh, well, Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Jesus did this. 
You see, now, now the issue that I just have with, with this perspective, not with what you just said, uh, is more... If you take God's word, and as a pastor, someone gets up as a pastor, and they teach, are they not adding to God's word? No. So if they read anything extra that is not from the text. So if a pastor were to get up, in your opinion, he should just read the text and be done. Don't say anything else. No, you have to exposit the scripture you we exposit Correct. the pastors I, I exposit the scriptures. I one hundred percent agree with you. Doing that, someone is going to mess up. Would you disagree with that? They Are all can't. pastors perfect? No. Are any pastors perfect? No. Not a single one. No. I would agree with you one hundred percent. So, anybody who is reading the text, even with the best of intentions, has the potential to get something wrong. I get that. Absolutely. You and I are both probably wrong on something that we believe in Scripture that 10 years from now, we're going to read it again and be like, whoa, I was way off base with right. what I thought that meant. Because it's an, it's an ever-evolving thing in as much as how we interpret it. Right. So that's why I just don't see that someone taking the Scriptures and interpreting it into a movie form so we can see it is in and of itself wrong i would agree with you i don't want catholics doing it i don't want mormons doing it i want us doing it okay but so but the question is though then is do we promote the chosen for people to watch when we know that there are scriptural inaccuracies in that and that the world's gonna watch it and look at that and be like oh well this is jesus oh i I think there was a news article from uh it was either Time Magazine or one of the big ones, and they're like, yeah, Jesus actually seems like a guy that I can hang out with. Okay. I'm just saying. Jesus we, is a guy you can hang out with. I understand that, but <laughs> we need to, but you're, you're they're looking at it on film and seeing that portrayed when uh-huh. we should be looking to the scriptures to see that. I don't want to get stuck on The Chosen, to be completely honest with you. If we get stuck there, then we're just debating this one show. I want to talk about movies as a whole and our Bible movies wrong. If something is theologically inaccurate, I agree with you. I do. Ridley Scott directed Noah, and it is theologically way off base. That is a worldly man looking at this and interpreting it however he wants and making a movie, just like I can't think of one off the top of my head. Anybody takes a book mm-hmm. and interprets it in the movie. They're going to make whatever changes they want because they don't care about the source material that much. The That's problem what is Ridley Scott did with right, Noah. I get that. The problem is I don't care if somebody takes Alice in Wonderland and makes a movie about it mm-hmm. and messes it all up. I could mm-hmm. care less about Alice in Wonderland. I don't care about that. I care about what people are saying about the scriptures and how they're fil- putting that movie, in the film. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up, not me. No, I, I 100% agree with you, but you, and, he's a and, worldly man. And Why can, does he care about making I, it accurate? I understand that. He doesn't live under the same authority that you and You're I. exactly right. He doesn't. Yes. That's why we we got people, but people who are believers in making films or calling themselves believers and making films about this, and they're making them inaccurate. You can take Ridley, Ridley Scott and you can say, okay, he made that movie inaccurate. And you can mm-hmm. utterly tell from five minutes into the film, yeah, this is completely mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. The problem is, though, is not... We have to be able to tell what's right from 
almost right in these films. Okay, yeah. so there are tiny inaccuracies, and in what are we? It sounds. It, it, okay, correct it me if I'm wrong. What you're talking about a tiny inaccuracy? What? Well, all I can think about is the chosen right now. So I don't want. <laughs> Come on, man! Because your premise was around the chosen. You got to put different one. Uh, but like the whole him quoting from the Book of Mormon, okay. would you say that's wrong? Like that they had Jesus do that in the film? Like that's yeah, absolutely okay. I didn't all look right. into it. I don't know. For okay, sure. yeah, I agree with you. So. To me, that's a talking point. To me, I see that as a talking point. Yeah. But with, if I could sit down in the room with the people who made the movies, again, they don't fall under the same authority that you and I do. So obviously they're going to take whatever liberties they want. Mm -hmm. You know, let's use a different example. A movie you and I have both seen because I thought this was a really good example. Okay. Uh, The Prince of Egypt. Okay. Okay. DreamWorks made that movie. Yeah. I would argue that... uh, Probably not. I have no idea about the people who made it. I'm assuming, I'm assuming here, unbelievers. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. And the heart of that story is conveyed in that movie. I yeah. personally really enjoy that movie. I think it's a very well-made movie. A lot of big name actors in that movie. Steve Martin, Martin Short. But. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you, be like, oh, I think this was wrong in it. or. Something. Oh, there's a lot so, of inaccuracies in it. Yeah. I watched it the other day. Okay. There are a number of inaccuracies in it. Um. Another side note, this is irrelevant, but people who messed up, Prince of Egypt was being made at the same time that Shrek was being made. Yeah. And people who messed up on the Prince of Egypt, whether it be animators, whether it be anything, were taken off the project and forced to go work on the Shrek project. Developers of the Shrek project were the stepchildren of the Prince. They did not like the fact that they had to go work on the Shrek project. And there was a bunch of bad names for having to go work on the Shrek project. Because they were being pulled from mm-hmm. a better project. Yeah. That's irrelevant. But Vera showed me that. I was just like, that was okay. weird how that came <laughs> up right when we're talking about this. But when I'm watching a secular movie, I put things in place to guard my heart and protect myself. I love movies. And in worldly movies, there's a lot of trash. There's just is. You know, a thing that we do in my house is typically for watching a new movie that I've never seen before. Vera keeps the remote. You know, Mm -hmm. men are far more prone to lust than women are. So she is my safeguard in that scenario. If something were to pop up, all I have to do is I can just look away. Yeah. She can fast forward it and get through it. That's a safeguard that I put in my place. Right. The same thing applies when I'm watching a Bible movie. And something that we did that was really fun. I'll be 100% Mm -hmm. honest with you. It's a blast. All coming out of this prepping for this yeah but i'm going to do it from here on out because it was so much fun we sat down and watched prince of egypt and i had my bible open Mm -hmm. in front of me yeah more christians need to do this yeah i flipped to exodus and we started the movie Mm -hmm. and this two-hour movie took two nights Mm -hmm. to watch because we kept pausing it yeah and i took the opportunity and olivia was the first thing to catch it in the movie it is pharaoh's wife that finds moses in the nile scripture is very clear that it's pharaoh's daughter who finds him in the night oh okay and yeah. olivia's olivia is yeah. the one that was like doesn't the bible say it was his daughter yeah and i was like good catch kid yes it was and that was right where we stopped and we we're like look this movie changed this this detail mm-hmm. if i could get in the room with the people who made the movie i'd be like why would you change that number one that is a completely irrelevant detail to change why did you change it? You should have just mm-hmm. left it with what it was. It didn't impact the story to what you were trying to tell right. any differently if it was his wife or if it was his daughter. 
I would love to have that conversation with those people. Mm-hmm. But I had the conversation with the kids. I was like, yes, this movie made by these people are wrong. That is incorrect. And then we kept going. Mm-hmm. And what is really great is when we're getting to the issues of the plagues or the burning bush. The, Nolan is like, did this really happen? He knows that the wife-daughter thing was incorrect because we just talked about that, mm-hmm. that, that disparity. Yeah. But now we're at the burning bush. And he's like, but did this really happen? And we paused it and I said, let's read it. And we read it. And what they saw was a picturesque. It's almost the dialogue is verbatim. They changed a couple things to short for movie's sake. They took out yeah. like there's a genealogy little section in there that Jesus that or that God says. And they took that out just for time's sake. Right. But every other detail of it was spot on. I said, yes, Nolan, this absolutely happened in real mm-hmm. life. This happened. Mm-hmm. And we went through all the plagues and all the stuff. And we talked about the Passover and we did all this and they got to see it. They saw it. To me, that is invaluable. Invaluable, correct? Meaning incredibly yeah. valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That they could do that. That could be a thing. And yes, we had to pause it numerous times. Uh, Pharaoh at the end when he's going after Moses mm-hmm. lives. Uh. Not, not, not true. Beep. Not true. Yeah. And we stopped it. I said, look, kids, the Bible clearly states. And if we're going to believe that all this other stuff happened, this happened too. Mm-hmm. He died. They all died that day because they were going against God and God's people. So we had that conversation. Yeah. It was incredible. And it gave the, the kids the opportunity to see it and feel it in a way that just reading, you're not going to always get, especially at that age. Right. You know? Yeah. To me, that's the value of what I see in Bible movies. Mm-hmm. Even with the inaccuracies. I had just as much conversation from the inaccuracies as I did the accurate parts. Right. And I don't see that as heresy. I just look at it as flawed people making mistakes. We're human beings. And whether you're doing it intentionally or unintentionally are two different things. Mm-hmm. One's way worse. But if an unbeliever is doing it intentionally... That doesn't surprise me. Right. The believers no. have always been doing things exactly. intentionally. Yes. Yes. But if a believer does it unintentionally and it's wrong, are they false teachers or are they just wrong? I think that you In can... In the same format can, as a teacher yeah, behind the I th- pulpit. I think you can be making an inherence or making a uh, misinterpretation of scripture doesn't necessarily make you a heretic. Uh-huh. As long as when you are shown the... Absolutely. You, now, yeah. if the Kendrick brothers had made that Prince of Egypt movies, I would be like, I have some huge problems yeah. with this. Personally. Right. I right. would be like, I'm not watching any more of your movies because I hold you up as a Bible-believing, God-fearing man, and you made that. Right. That's that's where I would have an issue. I wish the Kendrick brothers would make a Bible movie. Mm-hmm. Because I bet they would do it so accurately. There was another one I found that was, I believe, of... I don't I don't want to say it was of John, but I believe it was from the, the Gospel of John. And the movie was verbatim text. Mm-hmm. It even had in the bottom right hand corner, it was scrolling through yeah. the, the, the numbers. So you're following along yeah. and you're like, okay, now it's 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 John chapter 13, yeah. verse 2, John chapter 13, verse 2, 3, 4, whatever. But even in that movie, you're implying every other detail. That isn't said in the scriptures, where people were standing, what people were doing, the tone that Jesus is using, you're implying. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as wrong. 
I just don't see that as wrong. If you're keeping it scripturally scripturally accurate, okay, I can concede to the point that yes, you could make that film. I still think that having G, a depiction of Jesus violates the second commandment. Okay, well, let's That's, talk about that for a second then, because as much as I disagree with Mel Gibson and his Catholic and anti-Semitic yeah. rhetoric, the man's crazy. I do believe that God used him in that movie. Is everything in that movie accurate? Absolutely not. I mean, it's probably one of the more theological, I think probably biblically accurate ones, though, out there. I don't. I haven't seen the movie in probably 20 years. But to so. me, I seen vividly with my own eyes what Jesus went through in a way that I had never seen before because of that movie. Does that, does that not breathe life then back into the text when you go to read it again? I think the texts have enough life in themselves that we don't need film to do that. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying it's extra. It's more. Because God blessed us creatively with the imagination. I, I understand that. But then you're looking at, so you're then looking at that picture of Christ and the passion. And you're, mm-hmm. you said, oh man, that brought so much more. I think it runs. Yeah, I think it runs. You run the danger of that becoming. You looking at then Jim Caviezel in that role and being like, thinking that is. Like, I disagree with you. I just disagree with you. Okay, that's fine. I'm just. Yeah. You don't have to get a defensive about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I do think you're wrong. I think yeah. that, and then also then for non-believers, I think you run the risk of again. And I think even Jim Caviezel in his own life would be like. I am nothing compared to the man who did it for real. I understand he would probably say that. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that it can take the place of being a false image, which violates the second commandment. I see. Now, what I have an issue with is if you take a movie like, um, oh, crap, I'm, I'm going off rogue. William Defoe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Boondock Saints. He made a movie where he portrayed Jesus. It's I, one I of know those I... Jesus Christ superstar type of deals. Okay. That, I believe, is complete heresy. But it's done with the intention and ill will to paint Christ in a bad light. So that's that's where I see it. But again, it comes back to the heart and not just the the the, the surface level of it for me. Yeah. I, I think that I think that if we we have to be very careful when non-believers look at the movies that we're making, the biblical movies we're making and they look at them and then they see, okay, this is when they're looking at, when they're looking at movies and saying, Oh, this is cool. Like Bible movies about Christ and about the apostles and about all this stuff or old Testament, whatever. And they're saying, Oh yeah, I could actually do it. Like, I like this. This is kind of cool. You know, this is kind of cool. Jesus is cool, which, okay, yeah, Jesus is cool. He's very I'm cool. not saying he's not. He's one of the coolest. But when they're looking at the movies and seeing that, and they're not seeing that from the scriptures, there's an issue. If an unbeliever has never gone to the Bible before and the first place they're getting it is from that movie, I would argue that would turn them to the Bible. We don't, I don't, I disagree. We don't, I don't think we need movies to turn people to the Bible. But I think they're not the, getting it anywhere else. And that unbeliever goes and sees the passion of the Christ and God really moves on their heart because they see what Jesus went through in that moment. And that then makes them go to church on Sunday. I see that as, as, as also invaluable. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by, I just think, I just I think, theor- I think, theologically I, disagree I think with. you run a dangerous game doing that. Oh, I, is it, I, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I it's just, interesting. Seven minutes. Any other final thoughts that you want to get, you want to get a last jab in before we, we call it? 
Uh, no, I think I got it. No, I got nothing else. Okay. One final question. Yeah. Based off these two different arguments that we've had, because this would be my next logical question to you based off what I've heard you say in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I saw that. I heard you say that comment and then that drew to the first kind of debate. Yeah. And then I heard you say that if pure flicks movies are unnecessary and Bible movies are heresy to create, what is the believer supposed to do when it comes to entertainment? What are, what would you suggest that they do if these two aren't an option? Well, there's, there are scripture, there are, uh, there are good movies out there that are not necessarily Christian and there are some good Christian movies out there. So I don't know like what I didn't, when I said pure, what about the pure flick stuff? Like I, there are stuff on pure flicks as a platform that is good content and like even Rudy and stuff that they have on there that they cut out the language in it. They use the vid angel and stuff and cut all that out. So there are good movies on there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There are good movies on there that they cut that stuff out. So you just want to cut the content I would just 80% and just keep, I would, I mean, I would say if you're going to do it, do it better. Pure flicks. I 100% agree with that content comment. (laughs) And if you're making a Bible movie, if you're going to do it, do it better. Even you worldly people, you're going to draw more Christians. If you make it biblically accurate, I don't know why you wouldn't Ridley Scott make it right. And then we're going to like it too. Well, at at least, at least half of us, that makes sense from a, Budgetary standpoint, <laughs> yes, at least fifty percent of the Christian <laughs> church. But this is something. Yeah, uh, you got any, you got anything else? No, no. This yes, is good. this was good. I leave I, it in the comments. You know, it, and it's not a who do you side with. I, I really don't care. I really don't care if you side with one of us. But if you can support one or the other with uh, scriptural text, maybe yeah, different maybe. things or your own personal opinions that one of us didn't didn't uh stress we're not putting this type of agree to disagree out there as like a gotcha who won right yeah no at not all. at all no and i don't want you to vote on who won that's not no. what we're doing maybe um, i didn't say something that i should have that maybe i missed maybe jesse said something that yeah. he should have that he missed and maybe you could enlighten us a little more in this uh and our ideas like maybe what we believe and at the end and, of the day We can disagree right now and still be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, I don't think that, like I, like I said, <laughs> just because I don't think that we should have depictions of Christ in film, and you do. Yeah, it's a secondary issue. Absolutely, I don't, absolutely. Uh, we are we are still brothers in Christ. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was this fun. Was fun. So if we can work this in at, a, at another time, we will. Uh, maybe we'll come back next that's year. That's another thing. If you have topics you think we would disagree on, put those yes. in the comments yes. and we'll talk about those. Love uh, it. I don't know how often we'll do this, but it was just something that, uh, maybe a couple times a year. Yeah. Or if it, you hear things the, that I say that you disagree with, that's yeah, really what this, that, that this yeah. was. Me hearing yeah. things and I was like, oh, we could talk about that for an hour. Cause this is very stressful. Like, <laughs> if again, we kind of rushed this one too. Yeah. So that yeah. didn't help. If we had, if we planned one, it's six months from now. Yeah. We could. I thought we did a good job, though. No, I, I didn't think it was bad. Um, Maybe let us know if you thought we did a good job or not. Maybe <laughs> no, that, leave that comment. I don't that either. <laughs> I don't want everybody's opinions on how well I'm, you could just very well be not a very good debater and look That's unintelligent. True. That's true. So. That's true. Um, it's okay. You can work on that. <laughs> um, um, you got anything else? 
No, I got nothing. I have one more comment. Colin has been sitting here listening to us this whole time. He is not gone. He's he's silent but not forgotten in, in the booth. He's still rotating that camera back and forth for us. So we appreciate everything that he does. Do you want to go ahead and drop yeah. some? Yep. If you like what you see, um, head over to where well, you're already on YouTube. I say that every time. Every head time. to YouTube anyways. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Please. Um and you can check me out on J- at Jahazel Good on Instagram. Jesse's over at Popcorn and Coffee. Absolutely. Colin at Colin BG on Instagram. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye.